Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Use the phone that do good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Do, 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 do. You ever hear that song? It's good. Whoa. Landon Verkirk's ringtone when he wakes up in the morning. That's why he's so cheery all the time you talk to him. Landon's always such a cheery fella. All right, I have to celebrate for two seconds. Is that okay? Let me celebrate. This last Sunday night, get pumped with me. Our youth are starting a revival. Thought it'd be a little more exciting than that, but that's okay. It's a, I'm having a, a little Jehovah dance party, okay? Our youth are so on fire for God. And this last Sunday night, man, they brought heaven down. Oh, my word, they brought heaven down. We were praying over our city. And let me tell you, they know how to pray. They know how to pray. And we are praying for a revival to break out, but it's already broken out in our hearts. And I just want to celebrate with you guys that our next generation is going to blow us out of the water. And I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. It's amazing when you see a fire start, but it's more amazing to see that fire spread. And that's what we want. We want the fire to spread throughout this entire region and hit the world. Man, y'all are too quiet. It's 1149, people. Wake up. Good morning, good morning. You slept the whole. Trying to get you cheery like Landon. Another cool thing. You know your impact? The thing we're starting all over the country. Students are, are doing amazing things in their school all across the country. We are developing an app for them to use to have all the resources, network with all the leaders across the country, all in one place in their pocket on their phone. How cool is that? Yeah, and I just want to say thank you so much for all of you who pray and support financially uh, the mission that is going across the world. And we are so excited because God is not a little God. He's not one that we can contain in a box. We can't contain him in Chester County. He is a God who wants to spread throughout the world. So thank you so much for being a generous church who jumps on board and says, whatever it takes, we will do anything short of sin to see lives come to Jesus Christ. And thank you for being that. I love being a part of this family. Okay. Yikes. May Day. It's May Day today. Happy May Day. Joel, get your... Uh, Party hats and cake out. Celebrate May Day. It's May 1st. Might as well. Any excuse to eat cake, I always say. It's May Day, and usually in the world it would be blooming flowers and nice and warm, um, but we live on the weird East Coast and global warming and stuff like that, so it's freezing, but that's okay. It's May Day. Welcome to it. It's awesome. Is this year going fast for anybody else? Already May. Oh, my goo. It's crazy. May Day, but today we want to take a, a different kind of route, and I believe that God is just has a divine appointment for whoever shows up today, which is you, which is a beautiful thing. I love when God plans out our intersections. Don't you love that? When you show up somewhere and you think it's nothing, and then God already designed it for you, and you're sitting there and you're like, this is for me. It's awesome. I love when God does that. So uh, I'm excited today. We're talking about May Day. It is a crazy concept because back in 1923, before 1923, uh, the emergency call was an SOS. 
or a Morse code. Oh, that's right, live wires. Where are you? Get up and get out of here, okay? Seven years old to sixth grade, that is you, live wires. Go out, you're going to have an awesome time with Tim and Kelly. Give it up for them, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. These kids are crazy. Hey, they were paying attention. They were right with it. They didn't even care. They were like, all right, Lige, let's do this thing. But cool, we'll let them go have fun and run off some energy. And the parents will be a lot happier later. But in 1920, so before 1923, an SOS or Morse code would go out for an emergency. And uh, what they described as this moment was a life-threatening emergency that happened. That was out of your control. It was your last resort to call out an emergency to save you. And so in 1923, a man by the name of Frederick Stanley Mockford. What a name. Frederick Stanley Mockford. I mean, that's a, that's a name. So 1923, he, he made this procedure and this term that everybody called out when they're in that time of emergency, Mayday. And it comes from a French term, Mayday. I said it wrong in the first service, so I was corrected. And thank you so much, Mrs. Uh, Schaefer, for knowing French. You rock. Mayday. And it's the English pronunciation, Mayday. And so they coined this phrase, and, and that term literally means, help me, help me. And so they said, this is the procedure. You call out, mayday, 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 which literally means, help me, help me, help me. And you call out the station that you're talking to, the, the a position of where you are, all of the emergency factors that are in place. And that is the procedure they gave every one of the aviators, the police, the fire stations, everybody. This is the procedure for a life-threatening situation. I was just talking to somebody um, who works at the fire station. They said, this is your last call out. Like if you're in a place with no oxygen, there's flames over your head, you're in that moment. This is what you do. You call out, mayday, mayday, mayday. And so that's, that's the procedure. And, and a lot of us go through mayday moments. And, and you might find yourself in one right now. Uh, everybody's made a moment looks different. Some of you, you might be facing uh, a time in your relationship where you might be using the D word, divorce. And you might be hitting a time where it is out of your control. And you're in a mayday moment. Maybe some of you have kids who have kind of bit backslidden and, and gone to the world. They followed after the desires of their heart, and they're kind of just saying no to Jesus and, and yes to everything else. And, and you find yourself hands tied, not knowing what to do. It's a mayday moment. Some of you might have lost a job. That's a mayday moment. Totally out of your control. And all of a sudden, the foundation that you based your family's survival on is gone. Can't do anything else. That's it. And you find yourself in a mayday moment, but today I want to talk to you about your procedure. Because we will all find ourselves in a mayday moment. If you're not in one right now, you might be sitting here finding Danny saying, I've never had a mayday moment. My life is sunshine and roses and unicorns and lollipops. That's great. Praise the Lord for you, you jerk. <laughs> but for those who have lived a while, you know 
life throws you mayday moments. And it's not something that you did all the time that causes the mayday moment. But we all find ourselves sometimes in a mayday moment. I remember as a kid, uh, flying was one of those things. And I remember like the, the first time we ever like, well, the first time I can remember going into an airplane and all stuff. And my, my parents got us all stoked up. You know, my mom's telling us that, you know, we're going to be in the clouds, like, with Jesus. And, like, there's, there might be angels. You can look out the window. Like, my mom got super creative with this kind of stuff to get us, like, pumped up. So we're like, oh, my word, we get to see angels. This is awesome, you know. We're stoked. We're going to be in the clouds. We're going to fly in an iron bird in the sky. I mean, that's just so cool. So we sit down in the aircraft, and the stewardess gets up and goes through, like, the worst-case scenarios of the airplane and bursts my little boy's dream, right? And they're saying, you know, in the case where we crash into the ocean, your seat device will become a floating device. I'm like, Does it, did anybody else hear what she said? <laughs> what do you mean, if we crash into the ocean? Has this happened before? You know, like, is anybody else asking questions? Like, why, why is their procedure so detailed? Like, it's so detailed, like, they've done it a million times. This is scaring me. I'm a little kid. I'm unsure. I just want to go see angels. And they're talking about crashing into the ocean. So anyways, to do the buckle thing, talk about this oxygen thing that might come out of the thing. I'm like, this is scary. This is like a death box. Why are we here? Why do we pay money to get in this thing? We're talking about crashing into the ocean. All of a sudden, that seat cushion was no longer cushy for my hiney. It was Jesus with fabric on it. And it was going everywhere. I was taking it to the bathroom. I was taking it down the hallway to stretch. It was wrapped around my arms, right? I'm like, hey, we could crash into the ocean. Have you heard? Did you hear? They said we could crash into the ocean. <laughs> I'm not leaving my cushion at my seat, okay? I need this thing. In fact, can I borrow yours? I need to. But the mayday moments is crazy, and, and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation where it's out of your control, where literally you can do nothing in your power to make the outcome like you want it to be. It's one of those situations that's out of your control. It's a mayday moment. And your last resort, and if you don't have a procedure in place, you will resort to your natural. And our natural is to turn to ourselves. Why is that? Why do we turn to ourselves? Look at me! I can't do anything. Look at yourself. You can't do anything. So why is it natural for us to turn to ourselves in those times of Mayday? The only way I can kind of describe it is uh, I, I got a flight class for one of my birthdays. 25 years old, Ashley gave me this flight class. It was on Groupon. It came with a hotel and all the nine yards went to New York. There's this like little airplane place that taught you how to fly. So anyways, we say it was awesome night, amazing. I was like, babe, this is insane. She's like, are you ready to fly? I was like, duh, this is awesome. And so we go to the flight place. We're sitting in there. Uh, we signed this paper that says, if you die, don't sue us. And I was like, I'm going to be dead. Don't worry about it. And so anyways, then we go out to the plane. The instructor's like walking us around the plane. Uh, we're looking at the I don't know. He's naming all these terms. He's like, this is the 
and this is the and this is the beep beep and you know and like he's telling me where the the fuel goes in i'm like who cares i don't care about that stuff he's like this is where the oil gets changed this is what you check on your engine i'm like blah 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 keep going and so then at the end he's telling me about the flappers that are on the wings and all stuff if you do this it turns i'm like oh that's kind of cool and all stuff so then like 20 minutes later we're done class over he's like you ready to fly i'm like Okay, yeah, sure, why not? So we jump into the plane, this little plane, propellers on the wings, right, little tiny, ashes in the back, I have the thingy that, you know what I mean, the headset with the mic that you always see in the movies. So I start to go nuts. I'm just a kid in the candy shop. I'm like, yo, Breaker Breaker 9942, we're going to Mars, we're going to save the day. Uh, we got uh, the civilians on the ground, but we're not going to worry about them, we're going to take them out. We're going to literally take them out. Well, I didn't know the thing was on. <laughs> I was just joking with the guy. You know, I had no idea. It was like calling to a station. Well, the station comes back. Excuse me, flight number 472. What was that? Come again, please. I'm like, sorry. I didn't know this thing was on. You talk. What to say. Anyway, so it was awkward from then on. So I, did, I never talked, you know. Like, I'm not talking again. I look like an idiot. Like, oh, was it one of those Groupon deal people? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Flight dreamer. I always wanted to be a pilot as a kid. So we take off. We're in the air. And uh, he's got, I guess you call it a yoke. And I got a yoke. I got a yoke. Cool. I thought that was just in my egg. But something I grab onto in an airplane. So I got a yoke, he's got a yoke, he's, he's flying for a little bit, we're just smooth, it's awesome, smooth sand, we're over the water, I mean, it's gorgeous, we can see, you know, for miles, I'm like, hey, there's my house, there's my dog, you know, and so we're up in the air, and finally he looks at me, and he's like, hey, so do you want to take over? Are you serious? This is awesome. Yes, I want to take over. So we go from a steady, nice flight to all of a sudden, a vroom, 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 I can't stop it. It's like, we're, going, we're doing this. We're doing a bounce, and we're all over the place. And he's like, no, 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 Don't grab onto the yoke. Just put your pinky on it to fly it. Look like, dude, you're an idiot. I've seen enough movies to know. If you put your pinky on this thing, we're going to crash into the ocean. Believe me, the stewardess already told me, and this, this does not look like a life-saving device underneath me, so forget about it. I'm not pinkying it up. He's like, no, no, trust me, trust me, just... Put your pinky on it. The thing will fly itself. Like, this guy was, this is why it was so cheap on Groupon. This, guy, this guy's a moron. But he's like, put your pinky on Okay, fine. So I put my pinky on the yoke. Literally, we went from voom, voom to, and all I'm doing is this. I'm like, yo, babe, check it out. I'm driving with my pinky. Which is a little scary. But It's awesome. And all of a sudden, it was like smooth sailing. I barely had to touch that, that yoke to get the thing to turn. I mean, it was just like, and we were like, it was so cool. And then he was like, you want to land? And I was like, over my wife's dead body. There's no way. So, so I didn't land. I just sat there and watched. It was really cool. But I think that's how uh, life is a lot for us because when you first get into life, isn't it a little uncomfortable? First go to college, you first get a job, you're the new guy on the job, you don't really know what's going on, so everybody's making fun of you and sending you to do random stuff, you know what I mean? No? Am I the only guy? 
Yeah, I was an electrician, right, for a little bit there. And uh, when I first started, they sent me out to the truck to get a wire stretcher. You guys know what that is? It's a great device. I never found it. Came back two, year, two hours later. I'm like, where is that wire stretcher? They're like, it's the green one in there. I'm like, I'm a pastor. But you have a job, and, you, and you just, you're just starting out, and it's a little uneasy, and you're gripping the yoke because life's crazy. You're like, whoa, big boy pants. I'm wearing them. I can pull them up and down. Mommy, wow. So anyways, you're, you're gripping life, and all of a sudden, someone shows you a little trick. He's like, yo, put your pinky on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's not that bad. Wow. <laughs> I was really putting way too much thought into this life thing. That's a great way to pay bills. It's a great way to do taxes. And all of a sudden, that's a great thing to do with my wife. Oh, if I don't talk to her as much, we don't have to have so much debate. That's great. What a great tool. I'll just fly my relationship with my pinky. It's great. And so we get all these tactics and traits and attributes about us to where we get confidence in ourselves. All of a sudden, you feel good. Yeah, I've done that. I've flown there. My relationship's going great. My job is going awesome. And we get to a point where we're almost on autopilot. We're just flowing through life, not thinking about a thing, not worried, because we have confidence in ourselves. And that's why when we become in a situation where there's a mayday moment, what's our natural tendency? It's us. What, what do I know what to do? How can I make this better? I will do everything in my power to make it better. And then what do we do? Then we ask other humans who are relying on their human ability, what would you do? That's a great tactic, great procedure, right? What would you do? Well, what did you do with your life? And we're looking at everybody else, and they have a mess of a life too. But what would you do? And so that's our natural tendency. So mayday moments become disasters, you look around, all your friends are getting divorced. Everybody's losing their jobs. Everybody's falling apart. Dumb and dumber, our pets, our heads are falling off. I love that movie. I mean, life's falling apart. And why? Because our procedure is way off from what it should be. Our procedure is to look in. What, what do I know? And so you find yourself in a mayday moment. If your procedure is not that, you'll go to your natural tendency, which is to rely on yourself. And I love what David said in Psalm 18, 6. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came before him into his ears. In my distress, I called to the Lord. That's a procedure. It's a procedure that takes it out of your hands. You see, in, in flying... They have a thing called air traffic control, ATC. I think about that. Air traffic control. And what air traffic control does, they have like two parts of it. They have the tower that everybody knows, right, that's at the airports. And they kind of help all the airplanes not crash into each other at the airport, take off, make sure there's a runway that's available when you come down with your airplane. Um, so it's a really important job. Then they have another base that sees more like a, you know, 2,000-mile radius. So they see, like, everybody in the air. And their main objections are, number one, 
make you not crash into other airplanes. Good objection. Number two, get you to the destination where you need to go safely and on time, the best route possible. Number three, to be there to guide you all the way. This is air traffic control. It's an amazing thing. And without them, flying would be chaos. I mean, think about it. You'd be tra uh, taxiing on the airport, and planes would be running into each other. And I mean, if systems went down, it would be hectic in the, the airport. So why do we think we can fly without air traffic control help? Sometimes we try to, to, to navigate ourselves, and we put it on autopilot. We're just flying, blind. We have no idea where we're headed. Well, everything's going okay. Well, she seems to be happy. Well, my kids are fine. They're in school. They're part of some, you know, some cool programs, you know. We don't realize that if we're not always directly connected to air traffic control, sometimes our destination can get away from us, and we get off track. And air traffic control, you know what it does? If you stay connected to it, it keeps you on track, little by little. Uh, you're a couple degrees off, turn left a couple degrees, and then boom, back on track. But if you get off track a little bit, uh, excuse me, flight 49, you're off a couple degrees, you need to go back a couple degrees, so it goes a couple degrees over, and you get back on track. See, the problem is when you're not a part of air traffic control, you can get so far off that you become a mayday moment. And then you have so far to get back to going to your destination that you have all these years of wasted time. But if you stay connected to the one who knows your destination, then you get there on time with a mission and you don't lose anybody on the way. It's a beautiful thing when you stay connected to the one who knows all. But some of us think we can do it on our, our own. Well, I'll, I'll navigate this thing I will do it in my power, and I will make it happen. But it's foolishness. If an airplane said, you know what, turning the radio off, call back to the people. Excuse me. Yeah, pilot here. Um, we're going to do our own thing. Don't know where we're headed, but uh, hang on. Over. Yeah. <laughs> what the jazz did he just say? You know, That's crazy. That's crazy talk. And some of us, we do that to our family. No idea where we're headed. Hang on. It's going to be a fun ride. Can't wait. It's so exciting. It's like an adventure. And the mayday happens. All of a sudden, he doesn't love you no more. She's starting to seek love from other places. Your kids are getting filled up by other people. You don't even know them anymore. They come home and they're talking a different way. And you're like, mayday! But you have no idea where you're at. No idea. Because you totally lost connection with air traffic control. And God, our air traffic control, wants to keep you on destination. He wants to keep you on purpose. He wants to give you a mission and keep you on track. So that you don't find yourself lost. You don't find yourself abandoned. You don't find yourself in this huge mayday moment. But let me just tell you this. When you do find yourself there, God is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your answers. He is your hope. 
That's the beautiful thing about who God is. But a lot of us, we treat God like an emergency button. Mayday! God! God, you better be here. Come on. I'm struggling. Just lost my job. My wife don't love me. My kids are running away. The doctor just called, said I had cancer. God, where are you? We treat him like an emergency button. Like in time of need, he should be right there. But see, if you just stay connected to him all the time, he's right there to tell you, I'm here. I'm here for you. Hey, listen. See, this is the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. When you stay connected to him, little by little, he'll teach you how to get back on track. You'll be quiet in your room. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will whisper, hey, you really shouldn't have said that to your wife. You need to go make things right. And you just got a little off, but it's okay. Okay, all right, fine, baby, I'm sorry. And she'd be like, who are you? What'd you do with my husband? Little by little. You know what? Your kid's friends they're connected with right now, they're bad influence. You need to pull them out. And here, here's the direction you need to send them. Little by little. Little by little. So you don't find yourself in a mayday moment and say, what happened? Now, if you ignore the signals, that's up to you. If you say, God, just a little thing, she'll get over it. God, my kids know better. They're way above that. Now, you can do that. You can ignore the signals, but at least you know. At least you had warning. At least you had that little signal that comes up on your dashboard that says, check engine. At least you had that. See, that's the thing. Staying connected with God will keep you on track with where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm excited for you because I believe that God has so much that he wants to develop in you. I love when God shows up and he does a miracle and he handles the situation, but I love more when God shows up and he handles me. Because if he handles me, he touches not only my situation, he touches everything that flows through me. Everything that happens to me. Everybody that's connected to me. He, he touches. Because if he, if he influences me, he touches the world. Because if he can set me ablaze, watch out. If he just handles my situation, I don't know him as my God, that's cool. Something to look at. Man, what he's in you. It's amazing. Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And check this out. This is good news for some of you. Though they stumble, they will never fall. Though they stumble, they'll never fall. They'll never crash and burn. They might stumble and have a moment where they're like, God, I need you. But they'll never fall and be done and dead. That good news. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. When you are directly connected to God, he directs your steps. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Let me just ease your, your stress level a little bit, okay? God's already got your plan all marked out. Isn't that great news? You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to stress about it. You don't have to plan five, ten years out. 
All you have to do is talk to the creator of your destiny. He's already got it all mapped out. Doesn't that take a lot of stress off? It's not up to you. All you got to do is listen. God, what do you want me to do? Go over two degrees. You're a little off course. Thank you. Yo, is Jesus right there? Answer, quick. So these things are cool. This, this would be my favorite job as a stewardess. The favorite part of the job is these popping out of the ceiling. I always wanted to see it happen because they always talk about it like, these will magically appear if oxygen becomes low. It's like, whoa. How do I make oxygen low? You know, I want to see this. So I ordered my own because I really wanted to see it. So these things are cool because they pop out of the ceiling when oxygen is low. And what do they tell you to do? Put it on yourself, then children and family, right? Then you can worry about the world. Put it on yourself first, though. Why? So you can help people, right? Because if you don't wear oxygen and you're not provided for, how can you expect to provide for others? If you're not surviving and thriving... How do you expect to make others survive and thrive? If you yourself are not filled up, how are you going to expect your kids to be filled up? If you yourself are not filled up, how do you expect your husband or wife to be filled up? It's easy, right? Sounds really easy. Help yourself, then your kids and family, then everybody else. Help yourself then your kids and family, then everybody else. So why do we jump to saving the world before we ever save ourselves, save our family? Why does that happen? It breaks my heart when I see people try to do that. They neglect themselves. You look at their lives, they're so unhealthy. And not just in the physical aspect, but the spiritual aspect. There's no spirit man. There's no spirit woman. They are living in the flesh. They are trying to do things on their own. And you know what breaks my heart? It's because that is wearisome. That's wearisome. Families falling apart, but by golly, they are changing their world. I see way too many pastors with families that are falling apart. But by golly, they got a church that's changing the world. No judgment to anybody. But in my book, that's a fail. That's a fail. Because, here's the deal, and hear me on this, hear my heart on this. You will never, if you are not connected to the direct source of oxygen, the Spirit of God that breathes in you, and you never become fully alive in who God wants you to be, you will never live to the outcome of the purpose that God has put you on this earth for. You'll never live to see the day that it comes to fruition. Never. If you don't take care of yourself first. You know what will happen? You will start to see everybody around you start to thrive, start to survive. You start to see the world become better. But you yourself will be on the ground dying. Because you don't have oxygen for yourself. Man, help yourself first. Dive into who God is. God is so much for you. Not the world. You. God died for you. Not the world, you. He has a specific purpose for you.
air traffic control doesn't have a mission for everybody, they look at you and say, you need to go here. So you're off this much. Get back on track because your destination is here. That's what God has for you. He says, your destination is here. This is what I called you to. You're a prophet. You're an evangelist. You're a pastor. You're a, you're a prophet to the nations. I've called you that. Now don't settle for getting off track. Don't settle for everybody else's game. Don't settle for everybody else's life. I didn't call you to that. I called you to this destination. Come on, rise up, my child. I designed you for this. Can you hear God? Can you hear him speaking to you today? Because you might be going through a mayday moment. I'm spitting all over the place. I apologize. Sometimes I become Baptist and I start spitting. Praise the Lord. All right, real quick. Proud father moment. Can we show that video, Derek? This is my kids. Proudest moment of my life. We're alive and working in Trevor's world on both sides. Store your heaven, store your treasure in heaven so it doesn't get broke or stolen by thieves. Good um, job. Come with me, Jesus said. I will send you fishing for men. Um, we hope that your um, faith will continue on growing. Good job. And what's the last one? Forgive. Forgive each another because the God forgave you. That's right. Good it is good. It is good and pleasant to live together in peace. <gasps> Zion, I'm so happy. Uh, Do you want to say yours? Uh, can you help me? Yeah, God's. God's words. I'm working and I've done my art on four times. Good job. And then forgive. Forgive each another. For God forgave you. <gasps> good job, Monday. And then how about this one? Store your treasure. Store your treasure in Broken by thieves. In heaven. In heaven. So it doesn't <laughs> get broken by thieves. Broken or stolen by thieves. She <laughs> I love it. Now on May, she speaks a different language, so you can't really understand her, but speaking Swahili there. But I love it. And I love to see God's word planted in their hearts. That makes me happy as a father. Because I know when you have the word of God in you. It starts to live through you. And I love, I love the word of God because you don't just read it. It reads you. Man, I love that. When God's word reads me, something jumps out of the page. I'm like, boo, y'all. You just read Elijah Tyrone Hollis. Love it. I love when God's word reads me. And I love to see the next generation catch the presence of God when they understand. I love it because we're going through our scriptures and we do this thing every night. We're like, all right, say your scriptures. And we have this little devotion book. Um, actually... Uh, you guys got it for us. Thank you, Spalas. Uh, got this awesome devotional, so we read through it, and there's like this little scripture in the first part, so we're like, we're memorizing all the scriptures for the whole year. It's insane, and these kids are just retaining it. I mean, Zion will go through all of them in like a split second. I'm like, yo, dude, calm down. Just chill out. So, so we, we're like talking through them now, and now Zion is helping Ane understand what it means for the scripture. So Ane will say something random. She'll be like, God's word, you know, the lie don't work in the water don't turn and both died. And and Zion's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, older brothers. He, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Ane, come on. Ane, the treasure one. She always gets the treasure one wrong because she's like, um, store your treasures in heaven. Uh, or don't store your treasures in heaven because they'll get stolen or broken by thieves. That's what she says. So, so Zion's like, ane, 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 ane. No, no. The reason we store our treasures in heaven is because thieves can't break in and steal. 
I'm like, there you go, kid. Come on, Pastor, Pastor Zion. He understands it. We're talking through it. Now, does that come by chance? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wish I could sit here and tell you, my kids just ingest the word of God. They love to do it. They love to learn God's word. They don't. <laughs> the first time I did, they're like, Dad. They don't love it. But it's becoming their second nature now. It's intention. And if you don't live intentionally, life will take over. Autopilot will take over and take you to a place that it wants you to go. If you don't intentionally pour into your kids, someone will pour into your kids. If you don't intentionally love your wife, someone else will love your wife. If you don't intentionally build your husband up, guess what? The world will build him up. Because when he goes to his job, he's the man on campus. He's a leader of all leaders. Man, if he didn't show up to work, man, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, we don't even know what to tell us. I don't know. He's like, ah, wow, wow. He's like, man. That's what your husband gets at work. And then he comes home. If you're not building him up, guess what? Someone else is. Got to be intentional. Everything has intention. I just can't find a time to get in God's word. Man, be intentional about it. Set your alarm a little earlier. Don't be a baby of excuses. Excuses are stinky. Y'all know. Don't live with excuses. Get on your face before God. Fill yourself up. Fill yourself up first, then your family and kids, then rock the world. Because when you're full, the world is your playground. The world becomes a mission field that when you walk on it, it falls into your hands. The Bible says when Jesus gives us the keys of the kingdom, you walk in with authority. Do I ever come to a door I have the key for and say, I'm not sure if this key's gonna work. I'm not really sure if I'm gonna get in my house today because I don't know if this key works. Is that ever gonna happen? Absolutely not. So when God gives you the keys to a door, guess what? It opens it. But if you're not connected to the source of power, you don't have them keys. But when God is in you, all of a sudden you walk with authority and everywhere you go, you loose things, you open things, you call things as though they are and things happen. They fall into your lap. Now, if you do that without God, you can try and maybe accomplish a couple things, but you will be tired, you will be weary, your family will fall apart and you will not have no course or direction of where you're headed. And it's a tired life. Some of you are living it. You're exhausted. You don't know how you're gonna keep making it. Hey. Dive into who God is. Let him fill you up. Let him be your source of strength. When that scripture says, you're my source of strength, when I'm weak, you are my strength. You are strongest when I'm the weakest. You know what that scripture just simply says? Human strength ain't enough. It's the spirit of God that is my strength. And when that spirit of God is your strength, it goes beyond human strength. That's what that means. It's a beautiful thing. So help yourself first. How do you do this? How do you do this? This is what I tell everybody. Don't fall in love with the regimen of religion. Fall in love with the creator. Don't fall in love with doing my devotions. Well, I just love the life journal. Don't fall in love with that. Fall in love with God. Do you do your life journal every day? Heck yeah. Why? Because God's word feeds you. But if you're just going on God's word, Forget about it. You're going to die off really quick. 
Because if you don't know the one who wrote the word, it don't mean nothing. Just another book. You hear me? I'm not slamming the Bible. I love the Bible. Hello, it's, it's the key source. But Jesus, God, is the ultimate source of your strength. He's got to be number one. Help yourself. Then help your family. Help your kids. Get this. Be intentional about it. And let's watch our destination become more prevalent. All right. Here's where our hope comes from. Are you ready? You ready for this? Check us out. This is how good God is. For all of you that are in a May Day moment, I want to speak life into your situation, okay? Is that all right? Because God has something for you today. He wants to give you hope. Because what happened to you and the situation you're in is not your fault. Let me just ease, ease your mind a little bit and tell you truth over the lies that everybody else has been telling you. It's not your fault. Life happens. Mayday moments happen. It's not your fault. But it is your responsibility to handle what has been given you. So your procedure is very important because though it might not be your fault, you can't crawl into a hole and hide. It's your time to rise. It's your time to grab hope by the collar and run with it. Okay? All right. You made a moment. Here's your hope. Psalm 18, 6. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. Isn't that great? No matter what God's doing, he's never too busy for you. He hears you. He wants to be your air traffic control. He wants to hear every time you cry out to him. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Psalm 145, 17 through 19. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Come on. He hears your cry and he saves you. 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 18. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Woo! Braveheart moment. There is freedom. Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come on, listen to that. God wants to give you rest. You say, Elijah, I'm so tired. Exactly. Exactly. God wants to give you rest. He wants to be your tempur mattress. Take a break. Take a break. Take a rest in him. Some of you are trying to carry way too much. And God's crying out to you, let me be your rest. Please, let me be your rest. Psalm 46, 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength. Hallelujah. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Woo, got to get that in your bones. That's a good one. That's a good one to get down in there. Because he is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble, we will not fear. That's big time. That's, that's, the, that's one of those principles. That's one of those purposeful scriptures you put in your heart and you have as a shotgun that you pull out whenever something comes to you that's a lie. It doesn't make sense. You pull that out. God is our refuge and strength, ever-present help in trouble, and therefore I will not fear. It's one of those things you shout at the devil a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Middle of the night, wake your kids up, scare them half to death. 
My mom always did that to us. Psalm 33, 18 through 20. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. He is our help. He is our shield. There is no other thing that helps us, nor the thing that shields us, nor the thing that is my refuge, nor the thing that is my strength. Because when you rely on God, he directs your paths. He is your refuge and strength. And therefore, your ever-present help in time of need. And therefore, you have no fear. You don't fear life. You don't fear outcome. You don't fear mayday moments. Why? Because you have a procedure in place. God is your refuge and your strength. Therefore, you will not fear. He's your help. He's the one you call on. You're not that far off because you're always connected to him. He's always speaking to you. I remember all through life, man, trying to figure out my calling, talking to God all the time. God, what do you want me to do? And I was, I was so out there with my ideas and my dreams that I had. I'm like, God, I got this idea. So check it out. This is what we're going to do. And I was so off. But I wasn't too far off that I got too far off to be done. Because I was always listening. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'm going to try this. No, no, that's not it. Okay, dumb idea. Sorry, I'm back. You know, some of you, you just need to stay connected to God because he's your source. Hey, if you're in a mayday moment, stand to your feet. We're going to pray over you today because I believe that God wants to rescue you in this time. Maybe you have something happening in your family. Maybe a doctor's called you and told you some news. But today, God wants to be an ever-present help in your time of need. Come on, stand on your feet. You need it. You need it. You're like that woman with the issue of blood. Don't matter who's watching. It don't matter who's around you because you need to touch Jesus. That's it. It doesn't matter how, how foolish others may think. It doesn't matter because you know the power of Jesus, and that's who you're going after. Everybody else, I want you to find somebody. Come on, let's gather around our family. We're going to pray over them today. We're going to pray. Just go stand by him. I'm going to give you a little instruction, okay? All right, family. Here's what we're going to do. There are moments in your life when silent prayer is awesome. You sit and wait on God. Even sing a little ditty. We're waiting on you, God. Yes. Yes. This isn't one of those moments, okay? This isn't one of those moments. This is a moment of warfare prayer. Warfare prayer is a little loud. It's calling things into existence, that which is not yet available in the human realm, okay? We haven't seen it yet, but we have the authority to call things as though they are. That's what God tells us. So we're going to believe it. So today, let's do some warfare prayer like life and death depend on it. Can we do that? Come on, start to lift it up. We're going to start proclaiming things over these that are have their hands raised, these mayday moments, because we are breaking the statistics of what the world says about divorce in every couple. We're breaking that in this church because we're calling things into existence. We're depending on the power of God. Come on, start to lift them up in the name of Jesus. We pray for unity to come back into their home. We pray for love to be reunited with them, Lord Jesus. I pray for the moments when they first got married, those times when 
Lord Jesus, they were so passionate and so love-filled. God, I pray you take them back to that moment in the name of Jesus. We pray for their family, Lord God, that you keep them grounded in who you are. Jesus, I pray for those kids that have fallen away. I pray that you would bring them back to you in the name of Jesus. You call them out. Call them out. Help them have a Paul experience where you blind them on the pathway and show them what their destiny is. Show them, call them to a purpose greater than themselves, Lord Jesus. Do that in the name of Jesus. I pray for disease to die in the name of Jesus. It has no place in the children of God. And I pray for complete wholeness, not just a little bit of healing, but complete healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing. Hallelujah, God. We praise you, Jesus. Gotta pray for every financial situation that seems out of our control. God, you have a plan and you are working. You are working, Jesus. Pray that you'd work out every detail of the situation we cannot see. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Savior. You're good. You're good, oh God. You're good, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We praise you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are a refuge. You are our strength. You are our present help in the time of need. You direct our steps. So God, speak to us. We are desperate for you, Jesus. We're desperate for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Like sing us out. Sing out, oh Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, all consuming, consuming here in your presence, Lord, I surrender to your glory for your glory. Come on, sing it out again. Sing, oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, all-consuming, consuming here in your presence. Lord, I surrender to your glory for your glory. Come on, can you shout to Jesus? Shout for the victory. The victory is ours. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Church, would you just raise your hands with me? I want to pray over you today. I believe God has big plans for this church. We got to be ready. We got to be ready for his spirit to fall. And that takes a revival fire breaking out in us. A passion for his presence. A hunger and desire that goes beyond your craving for McDonald's, okay? Goes beyond your craving for Rose's pizza. Mm-hmm goes beyond that. A desperation that takes you to the point where sleep doesn't matter. 
because you want him. Man, come on, let's just be honest. How many parents in the building want sleep? God's just brought me back to the point where he's keeping me up all night. Do I love it? Yes and no. I don't like that I'm losing sleep, but I love what he's teaching me. I love what he's pouring into me. God's got to get us desperate, church, where we'll do whatever to get in his presence. We'll do whatever to hear his voice. I'm going to raise your hands up. I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, I pray for this army, this amazing army of individuals who are going to change the world. Thank you for the plans and the purpose you've already placed inside of them. Thank you for the things you are rising up in their spirits, the destinations you are already placing on their hearts. Thank you, Lord God, that there are no boundaries to your power, no boundaries to your presence, no boundaries to what you are capable of doing. And God, in this moment, I pray for a, a desperation level to rise up in us, that we will become the, the, the people that are drawing the circles and say, I will not leave this place until I have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I will not leave this place until I have revival fire break out in my heart. Raise that in us, Jesus. Raise up big dreamers. Raise up big generosity. Raise up people who do not care what it takes to get your glory here on earth. We want your heaven to come here on earth. God, I pray for every family that you would unite them in love, not just the love of this world, not just emotional love, but a love that comes from the Father, compassionate love, love that has no boundaries or, uh, Lord, nothing that is, is based on things that we feel, but God, decisions that you help us to make. God, I pray for every student in this room. Help them to be bold to reach their schools for Jesus Christ. Pray for every old person, that's right, old person who's working in the job force that is full of the world, full of darkness. Pray that they would be the light in the midst of the darkness. The darker it is, the lighter they can become. So God, I pray that they would be so bold in the way that they talk to their coworkers, in the way that they approach their job. Pray that they'd be the best employees on the face of the planet. And God, I pray that you would rise up in us a holy determination. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. So remember, help yourself, then your kids and family, then go change your world. Because when you're full of Jesus, ain't no possibility out of your reach. Love you guys. Have a great day. Welcome to May. May Day.